0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Being like in panic of, oh my God, what did I just do? And I remember you and mom ran over in like complete, like concern, shock, terror of what the hell just happened? Are you okay?
0: This is On the Fence with Monica Oksamen.
1: Welcome back to another episode. This is episode seven of On the Fence with Monica Xamet. I'm your host, Monica Xamet. Today I actually have my baby sister on the podcast with me because she was around during the time that this all happened. So there's parts of the story that she knows that I don't even know. And then there's different things that happened. Anyways, it's also a lot more fun to have a conversation with somebody than me just sitting in a closet. And speaking at my microphone. So that's what we're going to do today. And today's episode is the story of how I broke my back. A lot of people don't really know this, but I didn't really talk about it, but I actually had a major injury going into the Olympics and it's crazy that I had to compete like that. And again, nobody or very few people know about it. So we're kind of going to talk about it. This is in preparation for another episode that I'm going to do with a very good friend of mine, but I wanted to give you guys kind of the story and what I was dealing with because I think, I don't know, I think it's a little bit interesting knowing that athletes go through injuries and also, and then have to recover quickly or have to compete with those injuries. So, without further ado, here's the story of how I broke my back. So, when I qualified for the Olympics, I kind of went into overdrive in terms of training because as we're kind of going to talk more about this, but heading into the 2016 Olympic Games, I was actually going in as an alternate. So, for those of you that aren't in fencing, um, the difference between the Olympics and World Cups and World Championships is that for whatever reason, maybe there is maybe there is a reason I've never learned it. It sounds a little crazy to me because it's only different for this one tournament. But normally it's a team event is three on three with a fourth person as the alternate. But the alternate is considered a team member the entire time. There's no point where they're like, even if you medal and they don't compete, they're still getting that medal for whatever reason. It's completely different at the Olympics where you compete or if you don't compete, you're not actually an Olympian and rules changed a lot actually in my favor right before Rio or in time for Rio where as an alternate, I was actually allowed to stay in the village when that used to be the case where the alternate was not allowed in the village, didn't have any like no access. They had to be swiped in, or allowed in thanks to another, uh, an actual Olympic teammate.
0: I didn't know and that. That's so weird.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's really, I, like I said, I, I've been meaning to like find out if there's any like actual reason or if that's how they want to be different and be the Olympics. But it's just crazy to me because at every other tournament, this is how it works. You also used to not get any clothing from like whatever sponsors there were until unless you competed. So they would have a bag of clothes for you, they would bring to the Olympics. And if you did compete, they would give you that stuff then. And what was even crazier so if you got, if there was an injury, like I heard a story of one of the fencing Olympians broke their leg during the actual match. And then the alternate stepped in, the person with the broken leg had to move out of the Olympic village. And then the person. that was an alternate, up. moved in to the village in their sp- in their place. Isn't that crazy? Like you, okay, you com- you earned the spot for the Olympics, you broke your leg, and now you're being moved out.
0: And they're like, bye, see you, never. Like, what the heck? Yeah,
1: crazy. That's
0: so- When I heard that so- story, I
1: like, I couldn't understand of like how anybody thought that this was okay. remotely okay or acceptable or anything. Or like what monster thought like even came up with this idea. I don't know. So that's kind of how the story of alternates, whatever. So heading into the Olympics, I knew I was an alternate. And had I not competed, I would have never become an Olympian. I would have never gotten the medal that we won as a team. Right. After I qualified in South Korea, that was the end of March. We still had two more World Cup and a national tournament. I didn't compete at the national tournament because I didn't have to, I think. No, I did. Just kidding. I did. I And I got bronze. I drove down there because we had an event and I, I competed just for why not. And I got bronze, I remember. And But yeah, so we have those tournaments left. And then we also had Pan American Championships or games, whatever. I confused the two. So I knew I had to or I wanted to prove myself to give myself a shot at actually competing at the olympic and my sister knows i don't really believe in rest days like when i'm in training i do some kind of like i'm at the gym like five six days a week if not seven days a week if i'm not at the gym i'm hiking with the dogs i'm running at the park i'm going on long walks so and especially at this time i was just working out non- non-stop i want to be in the best shape of my life i wanted to be as prepared as possible
0: you don't believe in rest days rest days are every day for me i love a good rest day
1: you rest for me i rest for everyone in the world got it there you go guys if you if you think you deserve a rest day a already doing it for you so you should go work out
0: i should probably work out but
1: that's right i do sometimes mm. like i'm not a lazy bum yeah, but you like remember to do it like every so often, which just doesn't do it. No, well I point. was
0: consistently working out until mom left and now I'm working like every day. I'll get back into my grind. I've just been in a slump in the past couple of days, probably from Christmas. I don't know.
1: Happens. Anyways, back to Monica takes no rest days. So I was working with a personal trainer at the time who was somebody I've known for years. And I'll go into kind of how I think this all happened. But we were working together. I had a whole workout plan with like doing deadlift, squats, literally, I mean, everything that you can imagine to just again for me to be at the peak and he did factor in rest days he he has yelled at me in the past for not taking rest days and he like wrote it in of sunday was rest day i was working out training all this stuff and i don't know as an athlete you understand this maybe a regular person a muggle as we call them in college (laughs) doesn't understand it as an athlete you regularly feel pain like it's it's like part of the job like i said i've heard a lot of times people are like what do you mean you're in pain every day you should get that checked out but like i've had an injury since I'm like 15 my Achilles tendon I have like tendinosis at this point which means it's constantly inflamed in a constant state of inflammation I had knee surgery when I was in college and then this injury that I'm going to talk about I also did some. I think I also like fractured my wrist at some point or like oh yeah I'm, yeah I remember that always something with me so like you feel these aches and pains and it's kind of like whatever unless like they become more severe or they're just happening all the time so I started feeling this like weird pain in my back sometimes when I would sit down and I remember the first time it like really stuck out in my head was when I was sitting down on the subway. And Like I sat down, I was like, huh, that was a strange pain. And like I said, every so often it would repeat. Then we had a tournament in, or no, we had a training camp in Shanghai, China. This was I believe May of 2016, beginning of May, mid-May, something along those lines. And I told our doctor at the time, Jeremy, Dr. Jeremy Summers, I came up to him, I was like, hey Jeremy, I'm starting to have this strange pain in my back. And he's specialized in being a chiropractor, so he understands all that stuff. So he's like, here, like, whatever, as a fencer, you have your problems with your SI joint, all this stuff. Let's just crack your back and we'll fix it. So we like went to crack my back normally. That was fine. At first we couldn't get my SI joint. And then like maybe at the end of practice, we did. I remember like popped and I was like, oh. Like, that was uncomfortable, but, like, oh, my God, it's amazing. I think this must have been a few practices in, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. We finally got it to pop. That same practice, I, towards the end, started having this excruciating pain in my back, where I remember I literally... I'm literally, like, sh-
0: having shivers while you're saying this. Yeah. Ooh.
1: Like, imagine me actually going through it and being, like, rem- having to remember it. It was to the point where I had to lay down on the strip, a fetal position, because that was the only thing that was actually helping me. That's how bad it was. And I... Oh, Oh, Could, like I tried so hard to get through practice And I couldn't And I remember like I got off And again because I didn't want to be showing That I'm not training Or that something's happening So like I like the national coach Didn't even know about this injury Like I didn't tell him Because I didn't want him to know And like cost me the opportunity of, te- of going to an Olympic So I remember I like got off the strip I went to Jeremy And I was like in tears Because it was just this excruciating pain And I told him whatever I was like I can't I literally can't Like sobbing Like I don't know what to do I rode the bus from the, from camp to the hotel On my back in the back row Like I had to lay out People had to move forward Like we were all spread out On this little like bus Minivan that we had And I laid in the back Crying with every single bump And in China The roads aren't great The roads are bad There's bumps everywhere And anytime we hit a bump I literally would just like Sob out loud Horrible And then we, we got back to the hotel Jeremy loved acupuncture And all that stuff And cupping And whatever And he's like Well let's like Let's relax all of your muscles Because my back was just In complete spasm So I laid on the table I like 45 minutes an hour. I don't even remember. And like you can't move at all for anybody that hasn't been hasn't done acupuncture. Like legitimately you have to lay still because God forbid the needles bend inside of you. It can mess with your muscles. Laid like like that in for like an hour. It helped. My back. It was okay. I didn't have that pain anymore. I don't remember the details as much anymore. I'm sure there was like more factors in it, but I know I was getting needled every single evening after practice because I was just in so much pain. So we had a World Cup at that point. Again, I was I I just remember being fine. I'm sure I was in pain because there was like nothing to, that we could really do at that point. It was just like survival and like whatever letting making sure that I can compete to the best of my abilities. So then when we got back German's like you need to go see a doctor obviously I mean we have the Olympics coming up. We need to figure out what's up with your back so we know what to do. So I remember I went to the doctor, sat around there forever. They like fit me in because this was at the time like they were working with the USOC so they fit me in for an MRI. I literally spent the entire day at this hospital. So they got me in for an MRI which for those of you that haven't on MRIs, you literally lay in this tube for 45 minutes or 30 minutes, it's freezing cold, you also can't move. So I got that. Again, I had to wait for the results, and it came back that I had fractured a vertebrae. Was it an L4 fracture? On- it was a parse fracture. And I at this point, like I said, I don't I think it was my L4, if I remember correctly. Okay. And then like
0: when you got the MRI, was that like the moment you were like, Oh, this is bad. Like this is bad. Or was it before? Was it more like when you were on the strip, like laying down, like When was it when you were like, okay, this is bad. This could ruin everything for me.
1: I would say the MRI results because first of all, that doctor yeah. really didn't explain things to me well. I I don't even think he told me it was a fracture. No, he did. He told me it was a pars fracture, which at that time I was like, I don't even. I still don't really even remember understand what that completely means. But or like, I think it's a. I think it's that it's a stress fracture. I don't know, but he like told me that and when I went down on this strip. I mean, I I was in excruciating pain, but I kind of was like, oh, I'll get over it, you know. I I mean, we had a significant amount of right. time. Never at my point, like, did I think that I fractured my back cuz it just came out of nowhere like i had some kind of like small pain and then all of a sudden i was in excruciating pain it's kind of like i don't understand
0: anyways did you ever like figure out like what made it like fracture or was it like like was there a moment where you were like oh my god like i think that's when i did it or do you think it like happened over time i don't know how that works
1: i think it was over training like i said i didn't take days off i also hold on we'll get to that actually okay. we'll get to that in one second let me finish with the with the l4 thing so he told me it was a it was a pars fracture and i remember like not understanding what that meant i was like what do you mean a fracture like what and then it, it was also kind of like these things that just kept happening and I didn't want to believe them because I was like you can't be telling me I have a fracture I'm competing in like 10-12 weeks at the Olympics like they're like there's no there's no way there's no way like you're wrong so i remember i called jeremy and like he already had like I either they sent him the results or i told him what they said and i was like what are you talking about like what does a fracture mean and he like tried to he also tried to explain it because you also have to be very sensitive to an athlete about to compete who's stressed out you don't like it's a fine line of telling them how serious the injury is versus like and then like freaking them out. right so he i mean that's also a fine line for him so that's got to be an awful situation but they told me i should be taking six yeah. to eight weeks off <laughs> (laughs) At the the hospital, I was like, I just had Oh, (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) I don't have six to eight weeks, but I remember I was like, oh yeah, okay, sounds good. And I walked, I was like, they're crazy. Like, there's no six to eight weeks off for me. I, I can't. I literally can't. Like, I remember I freaked out. I was crying hysterically because, like I said, I wanted to be in the peak. I wanted to be training. I wanted to be ready like I wanted to if I went out, I wanted to to dominate. And telling me that I can't train was awful. Was absolutely awful. But Jeremy and I kind of worked out a plan, but okay, let's go back to where, how I thought it happened. like I said, it happened over train uh from overtraining. I wasn't taking time off. I all I wanted to do was work. I wanted to be the best. But I think the real reason it happened, which I learned actually last year, I learned that in America, people, most personal trainers aren't teaching you the proper way to lift. There's so many factors involved Mm -hmm. in the way you lift. And I spent with my new personal trainer, I spent two whole days learning how to do every single exercise correctly. We went through like 46 different exercises where I would have to do them and he would correct me where you have to squeeze your belly butt into your spine to protect your lower back from injury when you're squatting you don't want your knees to go over your toes when you're like every exercise yep. has all these factors of how you can hurt yourself and I was never ever right, taught right because if you do it wrong exactly I was never taught yeah. how to do things correctly which like if you're doing five pound weights three pound weights there's only so much you can do but if you're lifting heavy and you're right. like consistently and you're not you're not your body's not able to rest because you're I mean I have like I went from the gym to practice almost every single day. Like your body doesn't have time to recover and like prevent all those injuries, and you're exhausted. So that's also hurting you. So that's what happened. Is nobody explained to me how to do these exercises correctly, and
0: therefore I hurt myself. I had no idea. I didn't know that, that was. I, I'm guessing that was the reason you stopped going to your old personal trainer. Kind of. I had no idea. Yeah. That's so yeah. messed up. Which I mean, I. I'm sure it wasn't done on purpose, but
1: it, it. No, it definitely wasn't. I mean, I like I was good friends with him, and I still am to this day. But I. I don't think and I've, I've never told him that because or not in that sense where I could the way he caused him in that injury. I just kind of I started asking more questions and I like kind of had a conversation mm-hmm. with him about it in a different way. Like I never again, I never mm-hmm. wanted him to feel coming I mean, because that's awful. I don't like I don't know what I would do to myself if I found out like I was the reason an Olympic athlete or I get over oh, an athlete on their way to the Olympics soon to could, be like I could he could have cost me my Olympic medal. Right. So crazy. So then after that i we kind of had a plan of just maintenance like jeremy knew that there was no time like taking off like that was never a question of like or a conversation of him being like okay you're not training it was like what can we do to help you be able to train but also not kill yourself like how do we make sure that we don't make this worse and we continue
0: yeah like how do we make sure we have the most like pain-free plan pretty for much you, yeah basically so i ended
1: up getting a a back brace, which is somewhere still in this house. I don't know, like I've- I've... I know where it is. Good thing you know where it is. (laughs) We're gonna have a conversation after this. And so I had that for practices. I had to change practice so much. I cried all the time. I was in so much pain because again, I have a fracture (laughs) in my back, which you don't realize everything you do involves your back. Walking. Oh absolutely. Everything. I so I had that back brace. I couldn't these are like more technical terms for fencers but so for the fencers listening I couldn't lunge because it's an explosive movement. I couldn't change directions quickly. I had to do everything slowly. So oh, for sure like when I was practicing not only was I in pain and crying I was upset because I couldn't do things. I was getting my ass handed to me because I couldn't do anything. Like I was like a bro broken person trying to compete against people or trying to train with people that are on like world teams on Olympic teams like on national teams like it was awful and it it was like and it's difficult on your mental state because
0: oh yeah for sure I
1: came off like being like destroying everybody to like not being able to perform and then it was like at the same time like I, I kick into I need to beat this person and I need to win. Like Olivia knows that I hate losing. It literally hurts my soul. So having to be a practice losing to these people, there'd be moments where I would be like, I don't even care. And I would like do a fast movement because I wouldn't think about my back. And then I would hurt myself more and I would cry- start crying and I'd be mad at myself. It was a brutal time, not going to lie. And then there's like, at the same time, my coach is stressed out because he's like, how are you going to compete like this? And I just had to be like, I need you to stop asking me these questions. Like, we're going to make it work. If I have to be on massive amounts of painkillers the day of the Olympics, that's what I'll do. So it was just a difficult time for everybody. Right. So that sucked. Uh, I did also have to get steroids, which I had, like, the whole TUI, which is, like, an exemption from the doping association or whatever world, anti. I don't even remember the terms for all these things because I haven't had to deal with them for several months, but it was like all registered. So like I wasn't taking anything that was illegal, but I know I had to go into hospital again for that. So yeah, I mean, that was obviously brutal. And then it came to competing, which the day of the competition, that wasn't even a thought that crossed my mind. I took some painkillers, I remember, in the beginning of the day, then I I retook it again. So, and then there's also so much adrenaline going that it doesn't even matter what's going on. Right. It didn't matter. I didn't feel any pain that day, thankfully, but... Oh, for sure. Aside from the fact that I actually had a rib pop out and I couldn't turn my head, also a lot of people don't know that, I was in massive amounts of pain from that. Mine is the fact when I was actually competing, I didn't feel it. I kind of forgot about it, but I literally... My rib popped out from all the stress and we couldn't get it back in that day. (laughs) So I competed with a... A dislocated rib.
0: Well... Um, I have a question. Yeah. Being like a soon to be at the time Olympic athlete, did like, did you have pressure from like others specifically to like recover like better or faster?
1: I mean, the thing is from the people that knew, which like I said, around like the national coach, I would do everything in my power to not let him see what was going on. And like Jeremy and I kind of talked about it where I was like, he can't know. Like we can say... We kind of, we said something. I don't remember what it was, but we didn't say that I had a fracture mm-hmm. because like there is no recovery. Like it was six to eight weeks. Like you can't, there's no like, it's a like thing where we can fix it, right. right? Like bones need six to eight weeks to heal. Um, which actually fun fact I learned last year was this fracture never heals. I know. Nobody told me that the day this happened. Nobody, Jeremy, the doctors, nobody told me that this was something that I'm going to have for the rest of my life. Like it, it's i found out literally last year where i was like oh i had a parse fracture and like whoever it was like working on my back like laughed and she's like ha, good one you had it yeah okay and i was like what are you talking about And she's like no this is something you have for the rest of your life like you have a pars fracture forever
0: i wonder if it'll if you hopefully start fencing again soon if it'll kind of like flare up if you do like intense training again like is that a thing where it'll like kind of like get back to like as bad as it was before the olympics or like you think it had enough time to kind of heal where it won't get as bad?
1: Olivia, do you not remember me crying hysterically after moving into my apartment?
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I have to be careful. I
0: didn't realize that, that was the from that.
1: Yeah, it's because my my I have a broken br- broken back. My it flares up if I I have to like if I heal, feel my hips uh, my hip flexors being tight I have to lay on a lacrosse ball because the next step after that is my back if I feel my knee I have to lay on my hip f- for my hip flexors because I know that's going to be the next thing like it's just something that I've learned what I need to do and how to react and there's certain things that I have to avoid like I can't run on concrete like even if I was running for the train here at home when I was living at home before I moved I would hurt so like there was times where I like I knew I would have to run for the train but it was like it's not worth it I know I'm going to be in pain afterwards so I'd rather miss this train and be late for practice then run on concrete. And
0: then be in pain in practice all day. Yeah.
1: yeah. So there's a lot of factors that I have to consider of things that I can and can't do. Like even today when the clock almost fell down and I had to go and catch it, I tweaked my back. My back's been hurting ever since this morning. So it's just one of those things that I've had to learn that I'm going to have this for the rest of my life and there's things that I have to pay attention to. So I do have to focus more on like stretching after practice because I know it's going to hurt. But mm-hmm. speaking of like the whole back thing, you I mean you were there when obviously when this was all happening, but I remember there was a time where I fell down the stairs after my back injury.
0: Yeah.
1: And I literally like slipped where my I just lost my footing and I went down the entire staircase. And it was like bum
0: bump like, bum. <laughs>
1: Literally, yeah. And I remember myself being, like, in panic of, oh, my God, what did I just do? And I remember you and Mom ran over in, like, complete, like, concern, shock, terror of what the hell just happened? Are you okay? Just panic. But the recovery process was, I mean, it's just a broken bone. There's no, like, real rehab that you can be doing during the healing process. Well, yeah, that's
0: what I was going to ask. I was going to say, like, how do you really have, like, like, what do you do for, like, rehab? But I guess there's nothing really because, I mean, it's a bone. It's not, like, a muscle. It's not, like like a tear like it's just something you have to kind of deal with I'm guessing
1: yeah so it was I guess I mean like the 6 to 8 weeks I mean I don't even know what would happen had I had I been able to actually have the 6 to 8 weeks off like right off the bat because I had pain constantly for I think it was like 12 weeks after the Olympics mm-hmm. where I I went back to, to finish Penn State in my classes so I wasn't training but I remember I did try to go one practice there and I couldn't because I, I had pain that day and that point was like 10 weeks or something so it took 12 weeks where again like I couldn't work out because I learned that almost everything inflames your back or you feel it in your back, the only thing that I could do was ride the bike at the gym. That was it. That was my only form of exercise. Like I would go every single day for like two hours and just ride the bike because mentally it's, I mean, I just came off the Olympics where I was training nonstop all day, every day. That was my thing to not being able to do anything. It was just a lot. So I was like, okay, well, I mean, I could ride the bike. Let me at least do that. I had to be careful on walks with the dogs because it did hurt my back. So it was like short and sweet walk. So yeah, so literally just like the recovery process was just me walking and me stretching like my hamstrings, for example, that like, I mean, all of our muscles are all connected. So I would stretch because again, that's all I could really do. I mean, I couldn't do abs like... I couldn't do anything but rest, and I mean afterwards, it was kind of just like slowly getting it back into fencing and learning, learning how to live with this new injury, which at the time I didn't know that it was permanent. But just kind of learning of what I need and like talking to to Jeremy and working with him. I've done a lot of acupuncture ever since. I mean, it flares up every so often, especially because we we compete on concrete, which is the stupidest thing in the world, and I don't understand how that's legal with an within a sport that's already so difficult on our joints, we're doing it on concrete, just to make it even better. So, at after every single national tournament, I come back home broken, because we're on concrete. It's awful. Yeah, and I just don't even understand how it's legal, and uh, we've tried to have these conversations, but it is what it is. So, yeah, so I mean, I'm like, I understand those things, and I, I've had to change things in my shoes, so I have, like, heel cups to help myself, and again, I just let, like, whoever is working that event, I let them be aware and we prepare and afterwards i have to go lay on the table for a while and it i mean it sucks it's definitely not fun and training camps are more difficult because we're training all the time and obviously doing a whole bunch of different movements so it all it all is, it all really sucks
0: well there's obviously a lot of downsides to all of this clearly i mean anyone with ears can hear that but are, were there any positives to this experience either like it was just a good learning experience or was were there any positives to this like at all in any sort of way because you gotta always look at the positives
1: yes you know me i always try to find the positives and things i guess i mean at the time it would have been really difficult for me to come up with them but now that i have for kind sure. of learned to, yeah. to live with this it definitely I, I wasn't really a person to do that much warming up or cool downs because i just never needed to but this kind of taught me what I really do. So I know like I now will take more time to warm up before a competition or before a training session. I have learned that I do need rest days, which they'll never be easy for me. I hate them so much. But there's days where I know my my body hurts and I'll come in and and even though my coach looks at me and probably thinks I'm lazy, I tell him, listen, I can't do this. My my body hurts. So I like I can't I can't train like this. Like I know I could I don't want to hurt myself more. I'm getting older, obviously. So your body doesn't recover nearly as quickly as it used to. So so, in that aspect, it kind of taught me that I do sometimes need to slow down. I guess we can look at that as a positive.
0: Yeah, that's true. Not a lot of positives, I guess, to it.
1: No, definitely not. There's not a lot of positives to breaking. Definitely,
0: yeah definitely <laughs> not it's it's definitely not
1: enjoyable in the least but I mean yeah it, it sucked having like I said do that happen right before the Olympics I tore a, a quad my quad uh, in 2017 and I remember like the recovery also was 21 days nothing where you can use your quad that's it like you can do fencing from standing, but you can't do anything where you're gonna move it. If you if you move this muscle, you're gonna be back to 21 days. Oh, Jesus, it's the, it's the it's a nightmare having an injury as an athlete is a nightmare because they they never come in like in a there's no perfect moment for an injury. There's always a bad moment. Oh, Because you're not gonna not. get an off season because you're not training, so you're gonna always get it in in season, and you just always pray that it's like not a tear. You pray that it's not a fracture. You hope that it's like a you know a little thing. because... Because that's the least amount of time, yeah. But it's but it's always it's always awful to receive news that you're injured and being in season and having to deal with it and somehow I don't know not breaking down.
0: Right. Well, going back to the positives, I guess maybe you thought of it this way. Like, was were you almost more proud of yourself when you did win the medal and you were like, wow, well, shit. Like, I just want a medal while, like, having a broken back. I feel like that's a little bit of a flex. Like, I did win a medal, but just to let you all know, I also had a broken back, and... I competed at the Olympics and I did fire. Like I did it really well. Like, is that a flex for you? Like I would use it as a I flex. mean, I don't, I don't
1: really think about that because it like, again, I didn't really like when I was competing, I didn't feel it because of all the adrenaline. But when I was, I mean, there's a very emotional yeah. photo of me on our refrigerator of me sobbing hysterically of like, after we, yeah. after we won. And it's in those moments, like literally in that moment, I remember going through every single difficult moment along the way of like, all the times I thought of quitting all the times, I had a bad practice, or a bad competition, or everything seemed impossible, my back injury. But meanwhile, through all these things, I kept going, and I kept trying to, like, I kept finding ways to get through them. So yeah, that definitely came to mind, and like, it was crazy, like, it was obviously crazy, like I said, because here I thought, you know, my my back was broken. I might not even be able to compete, but not only did I compete, I, I did well, and And we meddled. So no, that, I mean, that thought definitely crossed my mind that day, but on a regular basis, when I think of meddling, do I think about that? No, you kind of forget about it.
0: Right. Yeah. But I mean, in the moment, I'm sure it was kind of like, that's cool. And like, it's like a cool little like party trick. Like I am an Olympian, like you all know that, but here's a little fun fact. I actually won that medal with a broken back with my team while I had a broken back. Yeah. No,
1: I mean, it's again, it's not something that I tell people because I don't know. You just don't really think about it. And it's like, but I thought, like, I did right. my whole Olympic channel interview and that kind of came up. I don't remember how that came up. How he knew or had I, br- had I brought it up? But that was, like, the first time that I really talked about it publicly. So ever since I did that interview and I started this podcast, I knew that I wanted to do an episode. And also, I do want to do an episode about, like, what it's like as an athlete having a huge injury and having to recover. And we're going to speak to somebody that had a-, a more public injury than I did because, like I said, nobody really knew about it. A very,
0: very Special a very special someone. someone an extremely special someone that everyone will be very excited about i'm very excited i'm excited about. too we got a, we got a really good guest coming guys so like
1: i said i wanted to just take this time to talk about my injury and really focus on that one
0: i actually have one more question that okay. i just thought of now when did your coach like find out and he was like wait like you were competing with a broken back like how did that happen no. and like what was his reaction like did oh he no yuri care? cared
1: yuri was, was very concerned again i don't remember like all the specific details at oh, this point yeah. because it was so long ago but he knew i don't think he was in china with us i wasn't talking
0: about yuri though i was talking about the national like coach oh
1: ed oh ed doesn't uh, he still doesn't know i never told him oh,
0: I thought he would somehow find out by just, like, word of mouth, I don't know, watching things on YouTube, whatever. Mm, well, spoiler alert, he could care less about me. Yeah, I mean, I know um,
1: that. I'm still trying to decide how much I'm gonna go into that, or if at all, but, yeah, no, he definitely could care less about me. There's no research that he's doing on me, or extra, any extra interest definitely, definitely not happening.
0: No, I mean, yeah, I just figured, I don't know, like, someone would tell him, he would find out somehow. No,
1: we told him, we told him it was some kind of an injury I don't remember what it was whether we told him it was like a sprained back or something but we definitely did not tell him that I had a fracture in my back (laughs) that was that was like something that like Jeremy me and Yuri had a conversation we're like we're not telling anybody that this is this major of an injury we're keeping this as hush as humanly possible
0: okay well with that here's another question I'm just on a roll right now was it hard to kind of keep it a secret and for people around you I mean like I know you're not someone who cares what people think but I'm sure it was difficult for people to see you as someone who's literally training to be in the Olympics in a couple weeks was it hard for you not to be like no I'm not lazy or I'm not like you know just ending practice early because I feel like it like I've broken back and then you're like oh shoot like I can't tell people that like was that difficult
1: yeah I mean at practice in my club people knew because I mean it's just like these people I knew weren't gonna go like call him up and let him know so like they knew and I mean mm-hmm. there's like times where people would tell me to stop because like I said I was crying hysterically and I was upset and I would get frustrated at myself for losing. I mean, there's only so much for somebody that, like I said, losing just hurts my soul and being. So I was, there's only so much I can do to explain to myself that this is the way it has to be. And I can, I can only do so much, but it, I mean, it was absolutely really difficult to not be able to training as hard as everybody else. And like, then you become jealous of like people going hard and, and doing the full practice. And you're just sitting there like, I literally just had to step away. I mean, at the Olympics, I, we didn't really make practices that long in general. Cause it kind of, it wasn't really as like much preparation, but like keeping us, like it was a fine line of like overtraining and undertraining. So like you kind of we just did like the basics to like keep it keep stay in the game and there was a lot of practices that I actually right. wasn't even training with the girls because they were doing their thing and I was training with the other people like we had sparring partners so like the men's team brought spar- yes. sparring partners because they didn't have an alternate they didn't have a team event and we did so like me and the one guy like we would train and he would like call me like what do you need as you know an alternate to stay prepared I think we told him like if something happened he understood and whatever but like I said around the girls it's not like I even trained that much with them because they were they were doing their own thing, making sure they were prepared for for individual. So at the actual Olympics wasn't as difficult, thankfully. It was just honestly it was just the most difficult for me not feeling like or knowing that I can't do everything that I want to be doing to be as prepared as possible. That was that was the struggle of it all, just the mental mental aspect and just wanting to train. Like you you never you don't miss training as much as you do when you're injured and you can't do it at all. That's like the time you're like I regret all the times where I maybe left practice earlier than I should have or I could have kept going and I chose to leave and here I am wishing that I could be training so a lot happens mentally that athletes won't put out there there's a lot of times that your favorite athletes are injured and they're not telling anybody because they can't like I said in I believe in four weeks in four more episodes we're gonna have our special guest to talk further about this and we'll kind of talk more along the lines of what it is the mental toll and the emotional toll and how important a support system is in those moments I don't want to give away who it is because It's going to be a fun little surprise. Anyways, that's pretty much all that I really have on the topic. I just wanted to cover the story, kind of touch on how, you know, how we feel as athletes dealing with it mentally thank you so much to my little my little baby sis for assisting and asking some wonderful questions so i can't wait for you guys to
0: hear the next episode make sure you don't miss it i know i can't wait either <laughs> thanks so much for having me that's not a fake actually thank you go
1: for away me. bye
0: <laughs> bye